Welcome to the Launch Your Blog Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren McManus. I used to be a full-time tax accountant and CPA with a whole lot of limiting beliefs and I can'ts whenever I thought about starting my own business. Fast forward a few months and I quit my job after starting and growing my first blog to six figures in just a year. This is my space to share and yours to listen and grow about how to build and scale your own blogging business and design a life on your terms. Let's get started. Hey y'all, welcome back to the podcast. I hope that you're having an awesome day today. I have another awesome episode for you. Today I have Debbie Gartner here and Debbie is a blogger at The Flooring Girl and she's been a blogger for a while, like back since 2010 actually. And she started out as a home decor blogger, but y'all there's so much more to her story now. And I cannot wait for Debbie, not only to share her story with y'all, but also just to listen along because she gave me a sneak preview over email and I was just blown away. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking all about all kinds of stuff, getting out of debt, SEO, affiliate marketing, lots of failures and some even greater successes and I'm so excited about it. So on that note, I'd like to extend a really warm welcome to Debbie. Welcome, Debbie. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here as I've been fans of both of you guys for probably about five years at this point. So it's really, really nice to be here. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, Debbie, you're also my first official guest on the podcast outside of just the people who are part of my internal team. So go easy on me. And I really appreciate you <laughs> taking well, the time. Awesome. I'm like doubly honored. So that's really, really cool. So thank you. Awesome. Well, we have so much to share today, or you have so much to share. So first of all, I'd like to just get started with telling everyone about where you were at before and really kind of how you got into this whole blogging online business world. Sure. Yeah. So I basically started blogging in 2010 and I started my own website, theflooringgirl.com in 2011. Back then, I did not even know that monetizing was a thing, but I kind of heard, oh, blogging is the next big thing. I was doing, you know, Twitter and other social media. And anyway, I learned how to blog and my goal was simply to help my local flooring business. So I had a local shop at home flooring business where I would go to people's homes and advise them on the floors that made the most sense, whether it was hardwood or carpet or tile, find the right samples, and then, you know, manage the whole job. I did not physically put in the flooring because that would have been a disaster, <laughs> um, but I was really good at home decor. And so I was simply looking for ways to better market my local flooring business. And hence, I started a blog and I learned SEO very early on. Back then, there were no courses or books or anything like that, but I read every single article I possibly could everywhere on the internet. And I tried things myself. And lo and behold, I started to get good traffic. And it was really funny. It, it took a while at first, but then I got better and better. And then all of a sudden, the phone starts ringing and my assistant is like, what the heck did you do? Like, I can't stop the phone from ringing. 
So I was getting local customers, but what was interesting too is the leads I were getting or the appointments were much higher quality leads than the leads I got from any other lead source, whether I paid for them or I was on Angie's list and people you know, picked me because of the reviews or anything like that. So that's really how I got started. Um, then the very end of 2016, my life kind of fell apart. And I'm not allowed to go into any details because of an agreement that I signed. But basically, I found myself without my business, I had to make that choice. So and I couldn't do flooring for two years. So everything I've been doing for the last, I don't know, you know, eight or 10 years down the drain. And I so I had no means of income, I had a blog, like that's all that I had, I knew how to do SEO. But I decided like maybe I could try to monetize because I had read about these other people who were making good money with their blog. And I've already done the hard part. I knew how to get SEO. I knew how to get traffic. So that's kind of where I found myself. And I was $238,000 in debt, which. Wow. Yeah, it was really bad. And I live right outside New York city. So it's not cheap to live here. And I had no income coming in and I owned my condo. I had three weeks worth of savings and that's it. (laughs) I thought I had more money than I actually did. So I had to figure out like how to just write the ship. And it was hard because I was literally crying every single day, (laughs) every day, multiple times a day. And I couldn't believe what I had done to destroy my life. So it was hard. And then I decided that I would, while trying to monetize my blog, I would take on two part-time jobs to help pay the bills. Cause I, I think I needed around $10,000 a month, which, you know, sounded impossible considering I didn't have any way to make that money. (laughs) So I basically took on two part-time jobs. I knew how to blog. I knew how to do SEO. So I did some freelance blogging and SEO for local businesses, not for vloggers, just local businesses. And then I also took on a part-time job selling um, painting because painting and flooring go together. Like you need to coordinate the jobs together. You need to coordinate the colors together. So that's what I did. And then I tried to figure out how the heck to monetize my blog. Wow. Wow. That is... (laughs) That is a lot. That is a lot. I mean, you've been through a lot and you haven't even started monetizing your blog yet properly, but I like your story and kind of how you started because we've had other students as well from our courses use their blogs to also supplement an actual, you know, real job out or real job, right. But a physical job out in the real world you know, for instance, we have a student who did that with her hairstyling business and she used SEO and a blog to get clients. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I know I personally definitely look at for companies that have great websites when I'm looking for even getting my hair done or any kind of service to me, if I can just find out information online about a company before I go with them, regardless of what it is, even, you know, choosing insurances, if they have a really user-friendly website, it matters so much. And I think that there are still many people that ignore it. And, you know, maybe in like restaurant businesses, it's not as important, but um, just things like having information online can really help. And so that's really awesome that you were able to solve that problem of getting more clients by just reaching out into the online world and, and getting them that way. Um, So that's awesome. 
there are different ways to do things. I mean, I had a website, but you know, it was for flooring and I wasn't allowed to do flooring. So that didn't help that much, but for a normal person that totally would help. So like I said, I had existing traffic because I had written on my blog, you know, for years. So I just turned on the ads right away and, and I monetize in many different ways, which we'll talk about in a minute, but that was like the easiest thing to do the most passive. And then I think the first month, it was only partial month that I had, I'd made some money on Amazon too. That was my first affiliate partner. So I think I made $1,100 that month. But during that time, I was basically closing down my business and everything. And so that's kind of how I got started. And then I was just trying to learn and learn and learn because my blog posts were not set up to monetize or to sell anything from affiliate standpoint. I mean, I didn't even understand affiliate marketing that well. I'd just taken a course, but that was, you know, my experience, quote unquote. <laughs> and I just had to figure it all out. And it took months. I mean, it was very slow. Like I, unlike other new bloggers, I actually had some money coming in the door. So new bloggers would be thrilled with $1,500 per month. Right. But I wasn't because I needed $10,000. <laughs> so it was a means to an end, but then you figure, okay, I made after a couple months or some, maybe three months, I was making $4,000 a month doing freelancing and then two to $3,000 a month doing, um, doing the painting. And then I had $1,500 here and just learning and learning, but I was working like insane hours and not getting enough sleep. I mean, probably just like the two of you guys, but I was so poor at the time. I basically would spend no money on myself except for food and the mortgage. That's how bad it was. Like everything in my entire place was broken and it continued to break over a couple of years, like no dishwasher. There was some baseboard heating from the building. So that at least kept me alive and didn't, I didn't freeze over or anything like that, but like that was it. So I said, the only money I can spend is small amounts of money for my business, things like hosting and, and stuff like that. And a little, little bit here and there. Wow. So, yeah, it, it was really hard. And I had to be creative too, because, you know, I do think that having courses and books really helps you, but I literally had no money. So it's like, what am I going to do? So I tried to get creative. And at times I would kind of trade some of my services because I knew how to do SEO really well. So, you know, someone had a Pinterest book and then I couldn't afford it. You know, it was only, I don't know, at the time it was probably 25 or $37, but like, that was a huge deal to me. So I said, okay, you know, can I trade you? Like, I'll teach you how to do SEO and then I'll read your book and then I'll learn how to do Pinterest. You were bartering, you were bartering for blogging products. Totally, <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, and I, and I made some friends in the process too. It worked out well. It's like the only way that I could get any information because you don't realize like how much you don't know until you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> you, you know, these courses are very helpful and they will teach you stuff so much faster than trying to figure it out for yourself. All the good stuff was really like behind some paid course or book. And I literally had no way that I could afford it until my friend helped me out a few times. So it was meant the world to me. 
So then I started to blog about painting because it went with flooring. So I said, let me give that a try. And then that did, that did well. And I got SEO traffic on that. And I did better on Pinterest with that. But in month 11, I had my first month that was, I made $3,300 in profit. And then I just worked harder. And then December came and I made $4,100. I'm like, oh my God, like this is starting to work. Like I'm starting to understand this and it becomes, you know, rinse and, and repeat. So I just, I focus on Amazon at first. I know you guys aren't big fans of Amazon, but Amazon was really, really good to me. And I think it varies by niche. I but agree with that. Yeah, it, it completely varies. And you totally need to diversify no matter what, like not just your types of income, but the affiliates that you have. But somehow the work I did kind of bubbled up in Google and everything started to become cumulative. And I made $4,400 that month. So I was totally excited and things just gradually kept building. And at that point in time, I only had two sources of income and that was affiliate marketing and ad revenue. So by the end of July, I basically got up to $10,000. I made $10,100, which is my original goal. And then I made like $12,000. And then, oh, sorry. I also started doing SEO coaching for people. So I started teaching people over the phone, bloggers, how to do SEO because word got out that I knew how to do SEO. So all these people booked appointments with me. And then I got like two booked up. So I was booking people out three months ahead. Like that's how busy I was. So then someone said, oh, why don't you um, create a book or a course? Maybe, maybe they said a course. I'm like, I can't, the course, like what, what the heck? I don't even have an email list. Like how am I going to sell my products to anybody? So what you'll hear is I've done everything backwards in this business <laughs> and, and without a plan. And later I took your guys course, which helped me understand how wrong I was, but I knew that I was, I knew enough to know, to know that I was wrong. And then someone said, oh, you can just have affiliates sell your product. And I was like, oh yeah. And she's like, and I'll sell your product because I have an email list of bloggers. So I was like, okay, so let's give that a try. So I created a book. My first book was the backlink ebook, which at the time no one was talking about. They would just say, oh, just, um, you know, do this and then get backlinks. And they wouldn't tell you how or where or any specifics. So I was like, let me do something like that because it's different than the stuff that's out in the market right now. So I did. And then I had a few bloggers, you know, promote it. And I made like $6,000 the first month when I launched with, without an email list. So I was just like totally floored. I'm like, oh my God, like, I guess you can make money with products. I guess all this stuff people are talking about was right. And I was just oblivious to all of this. So then I launched a second book, which is easy on page SEO. And it did really well. And I just got there through, which is very unusual, but I got there through word of mouth and people who, you know, read the books would just say really great things about it unprompted in these Facebook groups. And it just started to like take off. And then when you have two books, I did better on each book because some people want the first book and some people want the second book, but then many people wanted both of the books. And then I learned how to bundle things together and cross sell and all that sort of stuff. But at that point in time, I basically got up to 
$24,000 a month. So it was my beginning of my third year I got there and I, I just, I couldn't believe it. So then since then, I've basically now had at this point in time, 32 months in a row where I've earned more than $20,000 a month. So I finally was able to pay off the debt and I did that in three and a half years. So I had also at that point taken your course, we should talk about that six figure blogger, which I absolutely loved and transformed my thinking. But I said, okay, I know I need to do more products. I need to focus more on email. I need to do even more funnels. I need to come out with another book or course or whatever the heck is going to be. But I'm like, I'm going to put together, you know, a four month plan and here's what it's going to look like. I'm going to do this. I don't know what this is, but I know I need to do something like that. Hope that that makes sense. But, but that's what I did. That's amazing. I mean, goodness, I'm not, you've said so much. I'm not sure what to even interject about, but you know, at one point you did say that you had done things backwards or different. And, you know, to be honest, as you're sitting here describing it, I really don't think that it sounds like it that much because, you know, maybe you had to pivot a few times, many times, but you did still start out monetizing. Well, you started out with the traffic side first, which is what we try to remind our students to focus on in the beginning, mostly just because you, you can't make any money without traffic anyway. And traffic is really harder to do than the money side of it. And so you did start out that way. And then you yes. started out with Amazon affiliates, which is also where Alex and I earned our first bit of income. We've definitely earned up to $1,000 in a month with Amazon just at the height of our traffic on our health and wellness blog. And, you know, from there we did, we originally actually thought that we were going to become millionaires from Amazon associates, because we know that there are people out there making tens of thousands of dollars a month from it. But, you know, then we moved on to selling other affiliate products to diversify, which is also what you said you did. And then of course, eventually you move into creating your own products. So you have followed the system. You've just pivoted a lot based on everything that you've been going through. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, on Amazon, I was up to on an average month, like $7,000 a month, which was, you know, that's a lot. Yeah. And it was, it was pretty consistent too, except for the holidays, it would go up even higher to be like nine or $10,000 a month. Can I ask what, what types of products were you selling on Amazon? So I basically, what I found worked really well for me is if I could sell products that were in the, let's call it 80 to $120 range, not just the $10, you know, products. Mm -hmm. So I would start at like, originally when I started, it would be like doggy socks and, um, hardwood cleaner, like everything related to that sort of stuff. But it would be like $8 here, $10 there. Although you do get money for all the other stuff they buy. But when I was Mm -hmm. able to shift my focus to be like, okay, let's try to if we think about the cookie being 24 hours, it has to be something that is more profitable, brings in more, but is not too high. So I'm not going to sell a thousand dollar product there because people don't usually make those decisions. I can't even talk decisions <laughs> in 24 hours. So I need something lower price. So 80 to $120 seemed to be the sweet spot. And then you just have to figure out what makes sense, you know, with, with your blog and your topic, you don't just randomly, you know, pick stuff. So when I started doing that, then things started ticking up and then I just created more posts like that. And then I said, okay, 
I know I need to diversify beyond Amazon. So it's not like I need to always use Amazon. It's like, what is, what am I doing for my customer? Like how, what is the question I'm trying to answer? Because they don't care that I make money like that, or if I make a bigger commission or smaller commission, that doesn't matter to them. They are all, all in it for them. So my job is to figure out how to solve their problem, write a post about the problem, and then give them the best solutions for that, whether it's from Amazon or a word style or, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter as long as I find a place for them and I can recommend what the better product is. My whole thing is like, figure out what's right for them, not what's going to make you the biggest commission. You, I mean, you might prioritize your time a little bit. Like I think that this post will do better than that. Therefore I'll do this one before that one, but it's never, here's the best product because I make the highest commission on it. It's like, no, here's the best product because this will solve your problem. And by the way, it's a good value for you. And I'm telling you where to get it, you know, less expensively. So this is good for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And I think that a lot of times it really takes experience to truly understand that because, mm -hmm. you know, I can explain that to my new students and, you know, I thought the same thing when I started, but I think that it's one of those things that you really learn more over time because you learn about what just feels right and which just right. doesn't feel right when you're writing content or, you know, creating any type of content. And of course there are products out there that could make you a lot more money, you know, and yeah. there are products that maybe just aren't as good for your audience, but of course they could make you more money. You know, often in the beginning, we're more likely to air towards those products just because we want money. And to be honest, almost because we don't even really know our audience truly that well yet, but the more you get to know your audience and the more you get to know your own business, the more you get into your groove with your business, the more these things just sort of fall into place and they just make sense. It's almost more like a gut feeling. And I know that Alex and I have pivoted away from certain products or certain services, sometimes even after recommending them for a while, because they just, yeah. they just didn't go in a direction that we felt really good uh, sharing with our audience anymore. So um, I really like that. And a lot of what you were just saying about matching your content with the problems that people are facing, you know, this is a really, really big thing that Alex and I teach about in, you know, on our website, in our courses everywhere, and especially yeah. six figure blogger. So I love to hear what your experience was with that course. Cause I know you talk about it a lot um, and you're always praising it. So it's my I've favorite course. Um, seriously, it is. And I'm not just saying that because if you go back to my emails, I've written over the last few years, you will see that again and again, and again, it's my favorite course. So um I came from this standpoint of, you know, being completely in debt, not having any money and having to find good value. That doesn't mean don't invest in any courses, but everything has to be a good value. And I love your six figure blogger because I thought it was one of the strongest value courses out there. It, first of all, it completely changed my way and how I thought about email marketing and how I think about funnels. So funnels used to be a really bad word for me. And I'm like, I can't do that. I'm not going to trick anybody into buying because I just, that's not me. I can't do that. And then I realized after reading that stuff, 
I'm like, oh, it's not really tricking somebody. Rather, it's guiding someone on the right path in the same way that I would do for my real life flooring customers. I would never say like, buy this, buy that. I would tell them, ask them questions, say, oh, given what you told me, I think that this is probably the best solution. And by the end, they would come to that conclusion as well and say, oh, where do we sign up? But I would never say, oh, buy from me, or are you ready to buy? <laughs> They'd always say, oh, how do we get started? Which you know was great. But yours is the same sort of approach. It's, I am here for my customer. I cannot blow that trust. Because if I recommend a bad product, people will stop trusting me. They won't pay attention to my recommendations or they'll unsubscribe or both. So I am here to serve you essentially. And that's the philosophy that you guys were teaching. And then I realized, okay, it's not just a funnel to get them to buy your first product, but go back to, let's think about the life cycle of my customer. Now they bought the product. So what happens after that? I want to understand, okay, well, what else would that person need? Like what's the next best you know, product or solution or how do I get feedback, how I improve the product? And then you guys had some really great tips there on affiliate marketing as well. You had tips on how to do sales pages, which I stink at, but I was like, oh, I already have a product and now I am just going to improve what I already did. So I improved the funnel that I had and I created a post funnel and I improved the sales page. And, you know, within a month, I made an extra $2,000 a month, like straight to the bottom line. I mean, it was incredible, not from creating a new product, but just from improving what I had already created and, and thinking about things differently. And okay, now if I understand the key pathway to this is the funnel and the email list, then my question becomes, how do I get people on my email list? And it's not just anybody to my email list, because this is not just a numbers game. This is about getting the right people on your email list. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I love all of that. It's why I tend to not think about funnels and all of that as so much sales and marketing, but it's more just communication. I mean, yes. look, sales and marketing matter. You do still have to pitch a product in that funnel. Right. But it's so much more about providing value to people and reaching them and communicating with them. And you don't have to do that in an overly salesy way. And right. I don't think that you should, because there's enough people already doing that out there. People want to know that you are an honest person and just trying to help them. And yeah, this is more about what we talk about in six figure blogger, just that honest communication. And well, next, Debbie, I want to start shifting gears and um, and I wanted to ask you, you faced a lot of challenges throughout your journey so far, and some of them seemingly insurmountable, like that amount of debt, my goodness, mm -hmm. but you kept pushing through all of them. So I want to ask you, do you have any advice for anyone listening who might also feel like they're facing some pretty tough challenges to beat, or maybe perhaps what do you attribute to getting yourself through those obstacles and not quitting? Right, right. So I kind of felt like I had no choice, like I have to do this. So, I mean, in general, you need to have some grit. And I remember watching a video on one of the TED Talks about grit, how that was often more important than people's IQs or something in terms of their success in life. So I, I kind of had to just do it. 
but I also at the same time had to psych myself up. And so I would have like different mantras or songs that would help me out. So like Gloria Gaynor's, I will survive, you know, I would just play that (laughs) and just psych myself up or like Apollo 13. I love that movie. And, you know, failure is not an option. I would say that to myself, failure is not an option. And so that really helped. The other thing, which I think really helped me is breaking it down into smaller tasks. So I like $238,000 sounded like impossible, like insurmountable. I'm like, that's just never going to happen. So I said, I'm, I'm going to lie to myself. And the lie I'm going to tell myself is that I only have $68,000 in debt because that was the immediate debt that I had to take care of. The other stuff I still had five years to do. So I then put together on a piece of paper and I basically wrote it on there and I had a spreadsheet, but then each month I would go back and I would cross out that number and see my progress. But that's what I did. I I had to lie to myself. Once I started blogging more, I made more money and the debt kept going down. But as the debt went down, the amount of interest I was paying on the debt went down too. So it became a snowball sort of effect. And then I was just more motivated. But at some point, you're going to get to that point where things just start getting easier. The interest goes down. And every time you're making a mortgage or a debt payment, you're paying down more of that interest. So you just make more progress. Yeah, it's always easier to move the snowball once it starts going, right? Whether it's paying off your debt, whether it's making money or anything. Um, So there you go, y'all. Just put on I Will Survive, like blast it all morning long (laughs) every day and you'll be fine. Um, No, but I really, I do like what you said about deciding that failure wasn't an option because that's also what Alex and I did in the very beginning. And I suppose it was easier to do that because for us, our reasons for why we wanted to do this were just so great that, you know, working the regular jobs just wasn't an option for us. And even though our first blog did fail and those first few months were pretty scary, we just knew that we're not going back. We're going to figure this out, even if we have to change multiple times. And, you know, thankfully for us, we did have money saved up and we were able to live rent-free for that first year. So we had a a much bigger buffer, I suppose. And I know some people just don't have that option. Well, Debbie, one last question then, where can our listeners find you? Oh yeah, good question. So my site is theflooringgirl.com. And I think Lauren, you're going to um, post some stuff in there. I have a free SEO um, course. And also I have a free guide on Amazon and how to do better on that. So if you can post those links, that would be really great. If you go to my website, theflooringgirl.com, there's only one place you can find all my stuff about blogging. And that is on the homepage on the eighth button that says my books and courses. So I, I hide it. I de-index everything there from Google, but that's the only way to find my stuff if you're interested in it. Awesome. Yeah. I will definitely share all of the resources in the show notes. So make sure you check those out and wow, what an incredible journey that you have been on uh, so far, Debbie, and you're still just so successful. So I can't wait to see what is next for you. And thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. I'm so honored and so glad to finally meet you. I met Alex in person 
a couple of years ago. And it's just, you guys are really real people. So I appreciate that. And um, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks so much. All right, y'all, that's it for this episode. I will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Launch Your Blog Biz podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And please share the love by leaving us a review if you loved this episode. And if you want to learn more about how you can launch and grow your own blogging business, make sure to check out our website at createandgo.com.